Want a fresh take on what's going on with the Saints, LSU, the betting world, and the NFL? Then you've picked the right place. Jim Derry has plenty of datitude, and he's ready to tell you the way it is. Well, the way he thinks it is. Where you at, New Orleans? And hello to all my friends across the country who have smiles on their faces for the first time in a month and a half. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Datitude, episode number 34 for a Monday, December the 13th, 2021. I am Jim Derry, sports betting writer at The Times Picayune. The Advocate, and bet.nola.com. And it was a little different Monday than we've been accustomed to. Actually, we haven't been accustomed to Mondays in a while because they've been playing on Thursday. But how about them New Orleans Saints? Big winner over the New York Jets on Sunday, 30-9. to It was the Taysom Hill and the Alvin Kamara show yesterday. We're going to get into all that with Derry's Dime in just a moment. Um, You know, this in fact, Derry's Dime for the first time in about six, seven weeks, I'm going unscripted. I just wanted to say whatever popped into my head, which is could be dangerous for everybody, right? But you know, normally I have a song that pops into my head. You know, we, we run a little musical interlude. I had a little trouble. Fig- I've been so used to f- finding losing songs that I, I really couldn't come up with the right one. And finally, I came up with a song that encapsulates what happened yesterday. And in the end, it was probably pretty easy. And now this song is going to be stuck in your head for the rest of the day. If you're driving somewhere home and you're listening to this podcast... You're going to be thinking of this song. It's going to be in your head as I drop my phone. It's going to be in your head for maybe the rest of the week. And that's okay because it's a good song. Here's what I think about yesterday. Yes, sir. Five-game losing streak is history. We don't have to worry about when's the last time they lost six in a row, even though I could tell you if you wanted to know. Doesn't matter anymore. It's over. Alvin Kamara, Taysom Hill, and the defense were outstanding. My dime today is about... Well, it's got a little bit of Derry Downer in it because I want to get into, I'm looking at social media yesterday and I talk about this. We got Garland Gillen coming up in about 10 minutes. Garland Gillen of Fox 8 is going to go over some, you know, not just the Saints Jets, uh, the look ahead for the rest of the year. If the Saints have a legitimate chance, I mean, well, of course they have a legitimate chance with six and seven. They're tied for the last spot in the playoffs with uh, about half the NFC. Um, and they don't have good tiebreakers, by the way, boys and girls. So they might be able to lose against the Bucks and win the rest and still get in, but it's going to be tight. 
obviously that things change if if you somehow beat the Bucks again, which would be the fourth straight time against Tampa Brady, uh, Tampa Brady in the regular season. We'll worry about that later in the week, right? Let's just enjoy yesterday because we haven't been able to enjoy it. But I, I don't understand the social media hate still for Taysom Hill. But you know what? He must have done okay because unlike last week in the fourth quarter when my phone started blowing up and people tweeting at me, I told you Taysom Hill sucks. Crickets yesterday. 15 to 21, 175 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. And he ran 11 times for 73 yards and two touchdowns. But of course the story is Alvin Kamara. I'm not trying to, to, to fool anybody. Alvin Kamara was on a quote-unquote pitch count yesterday. Yeah, Sean Payton. 27 carries 120 yards and a touchdown. And he had four catches for 25 yards. Targeted five times. That's pretty good. So before we go any further, let's hear what the coach had to say. Coach Sean Payton, who, by the way, I've been known to criticize when I think he's maybe not done the greatest job, but we all know that he's an offensive mastermind and he's doing one of his best jobs this year. Let's hear if he was happy. You know, we did we did, we did a lot of things well situationally and thought we played really good team defense. Um, ran the ball effectively, made enough plays on offense in the kicking game. I thought we did a good job uh, protecting the field position, uh, especially earlier in the game with a little bit of that wind going uh, in the one direction. So, any questions? Sean, did you know this was going to be kind of one of those games where you guys could preserve points and kind of ground it out for how you played earlier? In the well, game? look. No, I mean, I, I think you go into the start of this game and you feel like um, these guys have been scoring. You know, last week, I think, you know, uh, they put up, I think, in their first first half. Um, no, th- this this was a little bit of uh, us feeling offensively like you know we're going to have a handful of things that, you know with Alvin back and um, Teron back that was important. Um, so we you know, we wanted that balance, and uh, and then watching how the defense was playing, um, you know, in the red zone particularly and. So it just kind of moved in a direction in the second half. You know, we, uh, we shot ourselves in the foot a few times. Uh, obviously, the ball slips out of Taysom's hand on the one down. And, you know, I mean, it really like flip field position almost. I don't know how many yards we lost on that play. And, you know, we got a screen set up where, you know, it was the perfect look. But, um, but overall, it was a good team win. Was it the plan uh, to have Alvin with 31 touches today? Um, no, I couldn't say that. Uh, but look, that sounds about right. Um, I think it ended up going that direction. Obviously, we had a lot of snaps then, and um, you know, he, he gave us some real good juice and energy, and, and he always does, not just on the field, but also on the sideline. And and uh, you know, we blocked him. I thought pretty well up front. Some real good juice. There's no question about that. On and off the field. There's also no question about that. You know, as much as I give social media grief, 
There was one funny thing I saw yesterday. I had to I had to screenshot it, and that was Amy. That was a question from Amy Just, our own Amy Just, by the way, and uh, <laughs> she had a great post on Twitter yesterday. Says, asked Alvin Kamara what he thought of Taysom Hill's second touchdown. He says, quote, he should have slid. I told his dumb ass to slide. Uh, that made me laugh. That made me laugh. I mean, should he have slid? Yeah. I mean, you run out the clock, game's over. But, I mean, you, you're going to go take a three-touchdown lead. I don't think they're gonna, the Jets are going to score three touchdowns in a minute, so you're, you're good. But overall, I mean, think about it. What, what we've seen the past five weeks before yesterday. What did we see that we didn't see in the five-game losing streak? We saw a quarterback that had pace, who moved the football, who didn't turn the ball over, although he tried his best Aaron Brooks imitation with the little losing the ball. That's, that's that mallet finger, boys and girls. Don't underestimate the mallet finger. If I could show you the mallet finger right now, I would show it to you in a very friendly way. But I can't. So you'll have to use your imagination. But, you know, with that injury and, and as hard as it is to grip the ball, we saw some passes uh, get away from him. But the numbers show that he had a good day. I mean, he only threw for 175 yards, but they weren't trying to. They didn't need to try to throw deep. The plan was to attack him with Kamara and dink and dunk everywhere else. And that's all they needed to do. I thought... The defense was good, not great. You got to remember that the Jets are kind of in a similar situation that the Saints were in for four or five weeks. They're decimated. They were missing their top two running backs. They were missing their top receiver, and Elijah Moore, who is turned out to be one of the top rookies in the league. And they have a rookie quarterback who is certainly trying to figure things out in the NFL. They got a rookie head coach who's done a decent job and is turning that team, in, I think, eventually into a decent team. But they got a lot of work to do. But it just goes to show you the tiers that there are in the NFL. There are Legit Super Bowl contenders. There are legit playoff contenders. And then there's the ones who are going to be fighting for draft position. And the Saints are right on the cusp. I, th- I think they're right at the bottom of the second tier. And not just because that's what their record says they are. And because we're going to have to figure out as we go along... I mean, some, some Saints fans are going to be rooting for him to lose soon, right? Maybe you are already. I mean, I hate that. I never root. You never root for a team to lose. If that's your team, you don't root for them to lose. But I know there are plenty who do to get a better draft position. I've always been of the ilk of you don't know if the team's going to make the right selection if they pick 11th or they pick 17th. 
think about who you get at 17 and 11. Does it make a difference? And especially with this draft coming up, this is not going to be the strongest draft um, that we've seen in a while. Last year was a, was, a, was a really good draft. This year, not so much. It's not going to be one of those years where it really matters. I don't think it matter, it's going to matter whether you're 9 or 15. So, I, I mean, I, I like walking away with the I'm winning feeling. I'm winning. And the Saints have a chance going forward. Again, we'll talk about it with Garland Gillen very shortly. But you look at who's on the schedule the rest of the way, and after going to Tampa, they've got two out of their last three games at home. The Miami Dolphins, who've been playing very well, they had a bye week. And they've won five in a row. And now they have the same record as the Saints, six and seven. They've played outstanding defense. It's not going to be as easy to beat them as it was to beat the Jets. In fact, the, the Saints won't have any more easy games like they had against the Jets. Then they come home while well, they're home for the Dolphins. They, and then they play Carolina at home. And Carolina blew the doors off of the Saints the first time they played, but that was a whole different time. And the Saints had issues with COVID that week. Uh, half the coaching staff was out. And then, wouldn't it be interesting, let's just say the Saints do win two out of the next three. Let's say they're 8-8 eight and eight going to that final game against the Atlanta Falcons. A chance for a winning record. And you got to think if they're 8-8 eight and eight going to the last week that no matter what happens... You might need help, but at least you'll be alive in the playoff race if you can get to that last game at 8-8 eight and eight, and with a chance to go 9-8. and eight. The Atlanta Falcons on the final day of the regular season. In Atlanta, that would be fun, wouldn't it? If that happens, if it works out that way, and the Saints are in the running for a playoff spot, and the Saints and Falcons are both 8-8 eight and eight going to that last game, I can tell you right now, I'm picking the Saints. Sean Payton will pull out every trick in the book. He will have that team focused and ready to go. And you know what? Even if it's not for a playoff spot, if they're both 8-8, eight and eight, I guarantee you, to hell with the draft. You want to finish ahead of the Falcons. I promise you that. They'll be ready for that one. But we get ahead of ourselves. And before I get to Garland, I, I want to go back to what I touched on originally. The social media hate for Taysom Hill. You don't see anything, anybody saying anything good about Taysom Hill. You don't hear anybody really talking good about Taysom Hill. Drew Brees is gone. He's not coming back. Jameis Winston was, was good, not great. Better than Taysom Hill, Yes. But he's gone, and he might not ever come back. Who knows who the Saints are going to go after in the offseason? Could be Jameis Winston. Could be trying to make a trade for Russell Wilson. Could shoot for a pie in the sky with Aaron Rodgers. Although it's unlikely that Green Bay would trade him to the Saints. He'd probably have to go to the AFC and probably wants to go to California anyway. So, 
we can think about that in a few weeks and talk about that in a few weeks, and we'll have all offseason to talk about it. But what is it with you people who hate Taysom Hill? I don't understand. He's a different kind of quarterback. Somebody made a good um, analogy or told me last week who they thought he was, and I'm like, you know what? Ding, ding, ding. That's who he is. And this will make you hate him even more if you hate him now probably. But Taysom Hill is Cam Newton. I think he's almost exactly the same kind of quarterback, except not as big of a jerk. I mean, that's who he is. Throws the ball okay. Runs the ball fantastically. He reads the defense okay. But he's better than anything else there is on the Saints roster right now by far. I mean, what do you want him to do? We get that he's probably not the, the future of this team. I mean, I, I had good friends of mine, good friends of mine who I respect and in the business. Post, Taysom Hill's not the future of this team. Well, no, duh. No one is saying that he is, I don't think. Why you got to hate on him? Just enjoy what you got for right now. Let him do his thing. Even last week against Dallas, he was fine. He threw two picks in the, in the fourth quarter, which made, him, made his stats look awful. But he threw two picks because he was kind of pressed in them trying to make something happen. He was getting killed. There was no offensive line. There was no Alvin Kamara. He's doing the best he can, and actually, he's better than a lot of other quarterbacks in the NFL. Did you watch yesterday? Would you rather have Taysom Hill, or would you rather have Zach Wilson? Because if you have Zach Wilson, he's a high first-round draft pick that you're stuck with for at least the next three years. Whether he turns out to be a good quarterback or he doesn't turn out to be a quarterback, good quarterback. You're stuck with Zach Wilson. That's who you got. You're not stuck with Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill's going to go back to his Swiss Army knife role, most likely. I mean, it could happen that the Saints whiff in, in the offseason and that you're stuck with Taysom Hill for another year. It's possible. And if they are, and they get their O-line back, and they stay healthy, and they get a couple decent receivers, I'm not even going to bring up Mike Thomas because who the hell knows with that dude. I mean, I personally don't think he's going to play another down for the Saints, but if the Saints can't deal him, what do you do? You're kind of forced to play him, right? So maybe he does. But if he comes back, and they get a couple receivers, and they get some weapons, and they shore up the offensive line. All things that are very possible. Can the Saints win with Taysom Hill at quarterback? Absolutely they can. Can they win a Super Bowl with Taysom Hill at quarterback? No. But be realistic is the point. He played well yesterday. He played as well as, I mean... 13 games into the season. How many quarterbacks, how many quarterback games were better than yesterday? A couple? A couple. No doubt. Probably two or three. 
and they were the other two or three are Jameis Winston, and he's gone for the season. So let's be realistic, people, is my point. Again, Drew Brees is gone, and he's not coming back. If somehow the Saints pull off a trade with Seattle and get Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson is still not Drew Brees, and they'll find a way to criticize him too. Enjoy the last four games of the year. Just enjoy them. Don't look for 28 of 36 for 345 yards, three touchdowns, and Alvin Kamara has 150 yards of total offense. Those days are gone. And we don't know when or if they're coming back. This is a defensive first team. If the defense plays well the rest of the way, the Saints have a chance to go 9-8, and eight, and they have a chance to make the playoffs. Probably not going to happen, but there's a chance. So again, my final message to you and Derry's Dime is just enjoy the final month of the regular season, and whatever happens, happens. Stop hating on Taysom Hill and other guys. Just enjoy what you've got. Because you know what? After watching yesterday, could be a Jets fan, right? It could be a whole hell of a lot worse. And that's my dime. I mean, yeah, I mean, think about it. Think about how many other... Think about if you were a Panthers fan right now. You know, watching, having the other TV on the Red Zone channel and having, every time they switched the Panthers-Falcons game, the stands were like uh, more than half empty. And not just because the Panthers sucked in the fourth quarter. And Cam Newton, what a waste of $8 million that was, or whatever the hell they paid him. And... They fired Joe Brady because, obviously, Matt Rule has got some... They, they had to have something going on behind the scenes. And then he hires his high school buddy or moves his high school buddy in the OC role. Weird. Just think of that. I mean, just look at the other teams in the, in the NFC South other than Tampa Bay. Would you rather be a Panthers fan? Would you rather be a Falcons fan? That team's... A major mess. I don't care that they won yesterday. Their O-line is awful. Matt Ryan it needs to go. He's done. They have no running backs and none for the foreseeable future. I mean, Cordero Patterson's okay, but he's not a running back. They got no receivers, and their defense is, eh, whatever. So just the NFC South alone. You, you've been so spoiled for so many years. Why can't you just enjoy what you have now and, and what they could be in the future? You got Sean Payton. Who knows for how long? But you got one of the best coaches in the NFL. And you have an administration that's really done a good job in the draft over the past four, three or four years after doing not so good of a job, good job for a few years before that. So there's hope. And hope is better than no hope, I guess is the only way to put it. Let's get to our guest. 
and Garland Gillen. And, um, you know, I usually like having uh, Jeff Duncan on on the day after Saints game, but Jeff was traveling, and Garland Gillen um, graciously, uh, he was in the car, so we had to do this interview. First time I've ever done it via phone, so we'll see how this works out. But um, Garland's hilarious. Seriously. That, cat's, that's, that cat is funny. We, uh, we spent some time talking at the uh, state championship games this weekend in the Dome. And uh, spent about 15 minutes with him before I broadcasted the Ponchatoula uh, Zachary game, the 5A game. And I just love chatting with him because he, he makes me laugh. We all need to laugh. And look, I don't, I don't know uh, how many of you guys listened last week, but I had a rough week last week. I'm still dealing with a little bit of a bug um, that kept me, uh, I, I sounded like I had some kind of nasal swab stuck up my nose for about a week. Um, but I'm feeling better today. We had other issues at home. We had some issues with, uh, oh, let's just say uh, our back, our ba- uh, bedroom was flooded one night last week. That, that was fun. Still dealing with the repercussions of that. So let's just say I'm glad last week's over. Uh, so talking to Garland on Saturday night was, uh, was, was a pleasure. So I decided to bring him back on so we could spend another half an hour or so. We talk about, obviously, the Saints. But uh, Garland is, is one of the top guys, at least in the TV world, of, of local recruiting. Um, and he's going to talk to Mandeville wide receiver Landon Ibietta as we speak. He was in the car driving to Mandeville. Potential there. A big flip, might maybe. Uh, Landon had uh, committed to the University of Miami. And uh, LSU's after him. And Brian Kelly and uh, new, rec- well, new, new old, old new recruiting coordinator Frank Wilson, who's back with the Tigers, has hit the ground running. And he's doing an outstanding job. And I think we're... Now, uh, early National Signing Day is on Wednesday. Um, you know, there are two signing days now, one in December and the original one in February. So there will be a few guys that we have to wait till February, but, man, Frank Wilson's not wasting any time. And if he lands, land in Ibietta. I know you, a lot of you guys don't know who he is, but he is uh, he's an outstanding talent. Played for Hutch Gonzalez and the Mandeville Skippers, and uh, he's going to be a big-time receiver at the next level. So let's get to Garland and talk about those things, and then we'll wrap up the show. Welcome in, Garland Gillen, to the Datitude Podcast, the prognosticator of all prognosticators. Nobody picks games like Garland Gillen, and we've got him here on the show. Well, I'll tell you what, Jim, you and I were talking about the state championships this weekend. I was on a cold streak, which you also said you were on, and I was like, this this Bills Bucks line staring me in the face. I can't turn my head away from it. I, I got to get back on the winning track. Uh, they were up by three touchdowns. I focused on my work yesterday, edited a bunch of stuff, and then I turned my head back around, and the Bills are tying the game. And I'm like, well, we need a touchdown in overtime, and thank you, 
Bucks to give me back on the right track for Sean Perriman touchdown, and I got a, I, I'm back on the winning side finally. You know, I'd given up on that game. It's funny because uh, I'm like, I go to poker every Sunday night. I got in the car. I'm like, this is over. I don't even care. I got in the car. I'm like, I'll just put it on. I put it on. As soon as I got in the car, Prashad Perryman down the right sideline. I'm like, well, I guess everybody needs a lucky day every now and then because I had a lot of lucky ones yesterday. That was a good one. That, that, I, I'll take a win. I, I mean, I, Jim, you know how hard it is. I mean, I, professional gamblers, bless you. I don't know how you can do this. The stress <laughs> of, like, a lot of money being just on these games that are so back and forth and a team's up by three or four touchdowns and their team comes back and makes it interesting. The Steelers-Vikings game was absolutely insane on Thursday. So I'll pick one game a week, better of the week, uh, for Fox 8. And, uh, you know, I, I had a little losing streak because the Bills are, are streaky. And uh, But now, thank you, I got the Bucks back. And then I'm already like, staring at the lines for next week. Yeah, I was 9-4 against the spread this week. And it's funny because every one of them that was close, I just happened to be on the right side and actually, you know, there was certainly a little luck involved in some. I had a friend of mine texting me. He was uh, he was all over the Browns, and I had the Ravens yesterday, and he was a little ticked off at me because he he said that was totally luck. Hey, if you, take the backdoor cover any kind of way you can get it. You know, it is what it is. So. Oh, and I what a two and a half point spread, and the Ravens lost <laughs> by two. Yeah, baby. <laughs> they almost went straight up. So, but uh, anyway. All right, well, let's get to the Saints. Speaking of, uh, of covers, I got that one right, but that one wasn't close. Um, it was nice to see the Saints back on the winning track yesterday. Uh, you know, take some hell even with that messed up finger, I thought played fairly well. Um, but, look, let's don't, let's don't kid anybody. It was nice to have Alvin Kamara back on the field. Oh, 31 touches. I love how, if you were listening to the broadcast, yeah. Sean Payton like really hoodwinked these broadcasters telling him that he was going to put him on a pitch count and I was like oh because they ran Tony Jones Jr. on the first play scrimmage and I'm like oh okay pitch count and then all of a sudden it was like a Camaro like attack right. 31 touches he tied a career high in touches 27 rushes which is a career high hey he hadn't played it, it what, missed four games in a row uh, he's been dealing with knee hamstring issues I, I know you want put the training wheels on him when you get back out there. But, Jim, if it wasn't for Mara, they probably wouldn't have won this game. I mean, he is the, he is the straw that stirs the drink, and they're going to need the, him for the next four games. If, if Alvin Kamara is healthy, there is such a just jumble of teams at 6-7 and seven right now. The Saints are in the mix. I know they got a tough one this week at Tampa. Well, you got Alvin Kamara. Uh, you got a chance to win any game going forward for the Saints. I think his pitch count was the same as Nolan Ryan's pitch count back in the 70s when he pitched for the Astros. <laughs> I mean, what was his pitch count, 80? They were going to let him touch the ball. I mean, even in the fourth quarter when the game was won, he was still in the game. I mean, uh, what that tells me, Garland, is I think that he probably, if, if, they, were, if they were, like, legit, like, you know, winning division contenders, he would have been able to play a, probably a game or two ago. Yeah, you know, Sean said last week that he, I mean, that he wasn't 100% there. He was close. So, I, I guess they wanted him, I mean, hey, some of those other games I might not have won, uh, been close there. I mean, Taysom Hill, of course, wouldn't have been forced into throwing that many passes against the Cowboys if Alvin was back. So, I, I I, all I can go is what Coach Payton says, so he was pretty close last week. But now, 
I thought the, I mean, the Bucks are a really good team, but as they showed against the Bills, and we've just talked about it, uh, they're they're susceptible to having lulls and letting teams back in, and the Bucks did that. So hey, on on Sunday Night Football this coming week, they opened as eleven and a half point dogs. The Saints did, but hey, don't don't pay attention to that because last year the Saints went in there and absolutely smoked the Bucks. Yeah, I mean, look, it, it, it is what it is. I'm not I'm not saying I'm not. I'm not, I'm not questioning Sean Payton at all, really. I mean, it, at this point in the season, it is what it is. I think, obviously, he's being super safe with Taysom Hill, not putting him in until last week. Um, he's being super safe with Alvin Kamara, being super safe with the linemen. There's no reason to, to endanger uh, key players in the, on this team that you know are going to be here next year um, for no reason. I mean... And if you want to be realistic, sure. I mean, the playoffs are a realistic goal. I mean, I'm not sure how realistic, but they're realistic in the sense of they're mathematically alive and they're bunched up with five other teams for the last spot in the playoffs. But if, you, if you've if you got guys that you know are going to be part of this team's future, you don't want to take a chance on, on getting them hurt. Like, seriously, that could last in the next year. No, and especially Alvin Kamara, who is the best player on your entire 53-man roster. Uh, you do not want to mess with Alvin Kamara because he's going to be there for a long period of time. Uh, Jim, this offseason is going to be really intriguing because, obviously, as we saw, um, you know, Jameis Winston, it, it could be out at the end of the year. Uh, he's only on a one-year deal. Taysom, they redid his contract. I'm sure there's ways where they can get him out if they want. Uh, I know that new contract, I think, is very cap-friendly it, it going down. If you know they're going to make a run at, at some of the Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilsons of the world. So when this summer they do make a run or this spring, you, you want a healthy Alvin Kamara. You hope that Michael Thomas is back to 100% because at this point you probably can't deal Michael Thomas because uh, no one's going to take a chance on a guy that is injured. Uh, I know that's why this past offseason they were trying to shop Michael Thomas around and no one wanted to touch him because he was injured. So you probably have to bring him back. Uh, on the on uh, on the roster, and then that's when you make a run at a quarterback. Because right now, I know Taysom's good; he's 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 serviceable, but he's I don't know if he's the future of the black and gold at quarterback. When you can make a, a, a total game changer like an Aaron Rodgers in the offseason. And I get all that, and I agree 100. percent I don't think Taysom Hill is the future of this team. But I, I, with that being said, I have seen so much hate for Taysom Hill the last two weeks. It's insane. I mean, I don't, I don't get the social media hate for this guy. I mean, will someone please explain to me? Look, is he, a, is he the future of this franchise? Most likely not. But, I mean, what, what are we expecting from this guy? I mean, people are, have, are still having Drew Brees hangover. It, it, there is no other Drew Brees out there. Drew Brees is gone. He's not coming back. When are Saints fans going to let that go? Yeah, he's gone. And you know what? Trevor Simeon is not that good. So this is your best option. Jameis Winston is uh, is out for the season. This is your best option. You got to just ride with Taysom Hill in, in his mallet finger uh, with a splint. I mean, I know he had an Aaron, yeah, he had an Aaron, Aaron Brooks moment uh, a la against San Diego back in the day yes, he did. Uh, when he fumbled the ball backwards. So you're just going to deal with that, okay? Uh, I think, and I said this on overtime, our show that airs Tuesday nights at 10.35, that I, I, I saw a where the Saints could win four of their final five starting this past weekend with the Jets, and I still believe that. I don't know if they're going to win at Tampa. 
but I think you can run some off at the end of the year against the Dolphins, the Panthers. And I tell you one thing, Jim, it's going to be crazy. The Falcons in Week 17, or sorry, Week 18, uh, could possibly be for, you know, if, if they get on this path where they continue to win, uh, that could be for a, a, a lot a lot of be on the line in that game. And you know how much the Saints fans love the Falcons fans. You know, I, I, it's been such a weird year, I wouldn't put it anything out of the realm of possibility. But I tell you what, that would be fun. If that actually happens, that would be a lot of fun. Saints-Falcons for the last playoff spot. I think there are too many other teams involved. Uh, you're talking about the Vikings are in there. The Niners uh, pulled out a one in overtime yesterday. I'm sure Saints, Saints fans were upset probably about that. Uh, if you bet on the 49ers, I'm not saying whether I did or I didn't, you might not have been as upset. You know, but um, it, it's just... I don't know that I've ever seen, and I'm not, I wasn't a big fan of adding the seventh playoff spot, but I will say it's probably making the end of the season a little bit more fun. Because if there were six spots, I would say the Saints have like a 5% chance to make the playoffs. So now at least they have probably a 25% chance of making the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, Jim, right now the Washington football team is the seventh seed at six and seven. Right behind them is the Vikings, six and seven. Eagles, six and seven. Falcons, six and seven. And the Saints, six and seven. None of those teams scare me at all. And any of those teams can win or lose on any given Sunday. I mean, the Vikings are a roller coaster of a team. If you're a fan of the, uh, of the Vikings, goodness me, uh, you're just buckle up every single week. You have no idea what's going to happen. They could be up 10 and blow the lead. They could be down 10 and come back. That team is the absolute quintessential roller coaster team in the NFL. So it's 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 all there right now. I mean, none of these teams are good in the seventh seed. And, you know, you're locked in. I will say this. You're locked in if you're the seventh seed, probably playing either at Green Bay, at Arizona, or at Tampa Bay, which is going to be a tall order. But at least you made the playoffs, and that's all that matters. Yeah, and usually I'm not a just-make-the-playoffs kind of guy. I, and, again, this goes back to being spoiled about Drew, with Drew Brees. But... Um, you know, this year, if they found a way to make the playoffs, I, that would be a huge win for this team, considering what they went through. Um, if they find some kind of way to sneak in, it's, it's Lanyap. It's, it's sort of like the year they went to the Super Bowl. And to me, just getting to the Super Bowl was, was enough to, to, for this team to take the next step or whatever. And they ended up winning the Super Bowl, which was Lanyap. But if, if somehow they make it there... You know, who knows? And, and then you're, you're just happy that the, the season ends on a somewhat of a high note. Yeah, the offensive line has been absolutely uh, a shuffle, okay? Uh, Teron Armstead finally came back on Sunday. Ryan Ramchek is still out. Obviously, Andres Pete is out for the year. The only stalwarts you got there have been Eric McCoy and uh, Cesar Ruiz. And then, obviously, you're missing Michael Thomas for the year. Deontay Harris is out three games. Uh with a uh, with his DWR, Esop Winston is now pulling punt returns. I mean, it, it, it's just mixed and match these teams. Both those receiving crews yesterday, Jim, were probably two of the weakest in the league. I mean, Nick Bennett was your leading receiver yeah. yardage-wise yesterday right. for the Black Bowl. Nick Bennett was 44 yards. So that's how tough it is for Taysom Hill. I mean, you should not be hating on Taysom Hill when Nick Bennett is your leading receiver yesterday. So. Uh, you should be happy. Sean Payton, uh, you know, you probably maybe should have more than one Super Bowl title with the black and gold. 
Uh, he's been in the playoff. They had so many shots before. But if he gets into the playoffs here, that would be one of his best coaching jobs ever in the Black Bowl. Yeah, let's don't get into the whole no call and Minneapolis miracle thing. I'm, I'm, I'm depressed enough. It's Monday. I got the Monday blues as it is. I don't. I mean, you know, I mean, the Saints played well yesterday. That leads me into to yesterday's game. We, we, you touched on a few things, but you know, even though they won with, with a lopsided score, I mean, how how impressive was it to you? I mean, it, it's just. It's kind of tough to get any kind of sense. Zach Wilson, to me, is not good. Um, the Jets, just as a team, they were missing a lot of their weapons, too. Um, I just didn't get a sense yesterday that I, want, that I saw what I really wanted to see, even though Alvin Kamara was outstanding. Yeah, Elijah Moore was missing for the Jets, one of his stars, a receiver, Zach Wilson's. Uh, I, everybody loves to like jump to conclusions on these rookie quarterbacks and say, you know, they're a bust already. Dude, it's year one for Zach Wilson. I mean, give the kid a break. He was a Brigham Young. Now, I will say this. He missed a lot of open receivers. Though, I will say this also. Some receivers dropped some passes and hit him right in the hands. That is a bad receiving crew for the yeah, New York Jets. Um, it, it, it's going to be uh, a, 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 a tough winner for the Jets fans. Uh, once again, I mean, it, it, that is brutal. If you're a Jets fan, it's like being a Saints fan in, like, what, the 70s, Jim? Is that yep. a comparable? Yeah, I think that, that's pretty uh, close. You just, just used to lose it every single year. I mean, the, the, when, you're, when you're begging for the Mark Sanchez and Rex Ryan days, you know it's really rough uh, for the, the New York Jets there, but that's what it is. They're not going to be good again for her. It's going to take a little while. I like Robert Salah as a head coach, but uh, it's going to take a few. Okay, Zach Wilson's not going to... Uh, turn it up overnight. You know, he's not a Mac Jones. Uh, he, Mac Jones has a, a, a much better weapons around him. The Jets just don't have weapons on offense. I mean, I don't know. Mac Jones, it, it's kind of like he, he kind of has the same role at the time. And I'm, look, I'm not even kind of comparing Mac Jones to Tom Brady, but you, if you look at who he has, he doesn't have fantastic weapons. I mean, I guess he's got more than, than the Jets have, but. He's got two average running backs. He's got he's got a bunch of no name receivers over there. He's got some good tight ends, uh, and Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry. But I mean, you talk about no rookie quarterbacks. I mean, I don't think I don't know that you would have thought Mac Jones was going to be the class of the of this group because it was a pretty good group coming out of out of college. Yeah, Justin Fields has struggled. Trey Lance can't get on the field. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is just in a horrible situation. Yeah, the coaching staff of the, the Jets. I mean, when, when are they going to cut the cord on this whole Urban Meyer experiment? It, it's not going to go well. Uh, Shaq Khan, the owner of the Jaguars, is about to cut a massive check uh, for severance package because there's no way Urban Meyer is going to survive all this. It is an absolute mess in Jacksonville. So I'm not blaming Trevor Lawrence for what the problems uh, with the, the management and the coach. So yeah, it's, it's a tough year for the uh, starting quarterbacks that are rookies. And Zach Wilson, he'll, he'll figure it out maybe down the line. Trevor Lawrence, uh, better coaching staff will figure it out. Though it's been a few on the Jaguars. I mean, the days of Saxonville are long gone. What, uh, uh, briefly before we touch on LSU, before I let you go, um, and national, the first national signing day coming up this week, Wednesday, I believe, right? Yes, indeed. Early. I'm going to be all over yeah. South Louisiana on Wednesday. So all right. Good. 
Well, we're going to get to that in just a minute before we let you go. But uh, the last question on the Saints, you touched on it. What, what do you think? I mean, uh, do you think legitimately that, all right, let's just say this week's a loss, okay? They may win. Who knows? They, again, they've, they've beaten Tampa Bay in the regular season now. All three games that Tom Brady was quarterback. This team this week is a little different. We'll see. Who knows? But let's, if you just say this week's a loss, what do you think the chances are that the Saints do beat the Dolphins, Panthers, and Falcons? Again, we don't know if that would be enough for the playoffs, but let, let, do you think they can win those three? Well, I will say this. Yes, they can. But the Dolphins are, like, all of a sudden, like, looking That's right. really sharp. I mean, what, they won uh, – they won five in a row. Yep, after a one and seven start. Yeah, they won five in a row. So I mean, yeah, some of these teams they beat the uh, the Tech. I mean, the Ravens is a good win. Uh, beat the Texans at home. Beat the Jets on the road, which the Saints did. Beat the Panthers at home and beat the Giants. So the Dolphins are not an easy team to beat either. I, I just see a path where they could go two and zero at home in this upcoming homestand after they play Tampa. Um, and then 8-8 eight, eight going to that final game against the Falcons. That would be something. So I still think there's a path because there's so much parity in the NFL right now, Jim, that the Saints can. And it, players are starting to get healthy again. You're going to get Deontay Harris back on the back end um, to make a, a play here and there, maybe a punt return for a touchdown. Uh, so, I'm, no, I'm not I, – I can't, you can't count the black and gold out when there's so much uh, – so many teams that are playing average football right now. Well, I predicted nine and eight before the season, so I don't know that I would. I'd say nine and eight is obviously the ceiling. I think it's probably more like eight wins, but uh, even eight and nine, I guess, wouldn't be that bad for this team if that's what they finish. I, I think. Look, I think for the most part, Sean Payton has done a masterful job with this team, considering all the. I mean, you lose your Hall of Fame quarterback. Um, and you lose maybe one of the top five receivers in the game. You lose the rest of your receivers. You lose an all-pro running back for almost half the season. You've got your starting quarterback goes out. You lose half your defense. And yet, here we are in the second week of December, and we're still talking about the potential of a playoff uh, run. So, Sean Payton has done an excellent job, I think, this year. Maybe one of his better jobs. No, you, you, are t- you are totally right, Jim. For the amount of players they've lost on both sides of the ball. I mean, we haven't talked about Mark Ingram and Cam Jordan right. have COVID and they're out. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you got Tony Jones here and Alec Kamara as your running backs yesterday. Uh, the, just to piece that together to get a win, I, I know you're going to say, oh, it's the Jets. Who cares, okay? Oh, in, this, in this league, you take the wins and you run with them, okay? Just take them. So they they just been dealing with so many. I mean, they have Cam Jordan this is the first game in his career. Uh, because of COVID, it, it's just been a what can happen next kind of season for Sean. But hey, they're still in the mix. You got four games left, and that's all you ask for. Okay, is around Christmas you're still in the mix for a playoff berth, which the Saints are. I agree. I agree. And uh, you know, if you would have told me in the beginning of the season that we would have a five-game losing streak, the Saints would be six and seven going into the road game against the Bucks. I, I don't think I would have told you, hey, that's not that bad. I would have probably told you that stinks. But, but you know, it is what it is. All right, let's talk about National Signing Day, early National Signing Day on Wednesday. I know you guys at Fox 8 are going to be all over it, um, and you especially. Uh, as we record this, you're going to go, you're going to talk to Landon Ibietta. And for those who don't know who Landon Ibietta is, he's one of the top receivers 
in the state, certainly um, in my neck of the woods here on the North Shore, was a Miami commit. There's a chance now he he flips to LSU. He's 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 talked about it. I don't. He hasn't made anything official, but. Um, there's a lot of recruits around the area. I mean, to me, just what I've seen in a week, it looks like Brian Kelly has got a great head start in bringing in Frank Wilson, who was the recruiting coordinator before, and he's back again. I mean, having that guy in here in the building makes a whole world of difference. Yeah, Jim, Frank Wilson is the, the, the godfather of recruiting in the state of Louisiana. Uh, I know rival coaches that recruit in Louisiana are now sweating early national signing day because Frank is back in the mix. Aaron Anderson, who's at Edna Carr, stud wide receiver, decommitted from LSU, committed to Alabama. Uh, Frank's making a run at him before uh, Aaron signs on Wednesday. Landon Ibietta, uh, as we, you just mentioned, a Miami commit, but that coaching staff is gone. But the new coaching staff with Mario Cristobal has offered Landon, uh, re-offered him, so he's in the mix. But uh, apparently uh, reading around, and then I'm going to talk to him and find out, uh, he's got he, he, he's a big LSU fan, and uh, Jim, you know, these parents they drive their kids everywhere uh, from from little league to to you know to all the way up to uh, the seven on seven to high school. Uh, they get they want to see every game their son or, or daughter plays, and driving from Mandeville to Baton Rouge is a much easier drive than driving to New Orleans International. Getting on a plane to Miami and then driving over to Miami Gardens to see the Hurricanes play. It's much easier. Uh, so that, that is definitely probably a big selling point with the Ibietta family. Uh, I, don't see a, I don't see a way he doesn't flip to, to LSU. I, I just think that they need receivers. Right now, LSU's class, they lost some uh, receivers. Uh, they had three committed from the state of Louisiana. They lost all three of them. Aaron Anderson decommitted. AJ Johnson and Nicholas Crawford. I think they were more processed out than uh, than decommitted from the program. So they need receivers right now, and I think Landon Abietta is one of those guys. Yeah, I don't know if you know Chad Abietta, but uh, Landon's dad. But he is uh, he's definitely. I think he would definitely like to see his son go to LSU. I know he's not going to get too involved in the process, but uh, yeah, I'm sure that Chad would love to see his his son go to LSU and drive to Baton Rouge instead of go to Miami Gardens or wherever the heck they they play uh, football. So. Yeah, baby. <laughs> What's that? Hard Rock Stadium. Oh, oh Hard Rock Stadium. Okay. Well, yeah. In the well. Middle of the, in the middle, I don't know if you've ever been there, Jim. It's in the middle of nowhere. It's hard to get there. Oh, it's really hard to get there. It's like a 45-minute drive from Miami. So there, there's no students at the games. Uh, the, the scene is not that exciting. I mean, to, to, to compare that to Tiger Stadium with over 100,000 fans, uh, no contest. Yeah. I just think that, that it's a slam dunk, uh, I think in my mind, that Lenny Ibietta flips to LSU. Yeah, going there is kind of like going to a Giants or Jets game if you fly into JFK. I mean, it, it's, it's similar. I mean, it, that stadium's kind of in the middle of the – well – there is no middle of nowhere when you go into Northeast, but as far if you could find a middle of the nowhere, that's where the Giants and Jets play. <laughs> so. it's, it's, no easy, it's not easy. And then we're talking about receivers. Shaz Preston is a four-star receiver out of St. James. Uh, he's going to decide on Wednesday. Did an official visit to Alabama this past weekend. 
So I think it's between Alabama and LSU on Shaz Preston. I will say this. Brian Kelly latched on a Walker Howard as five-star quarterback at the beginning. That if you go on Twitter, you can very easily find it. Uh, it's getting a lot of publicity on Twitter. And as you know, Jim, uh, Twitter is not the most uh, safest place for no. running games. There's a ton of negativity that rains down on everything. And so I think that 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 he uh, – Walker was having fun. Brian Kelly was having fun, but none of the other fans want to have fun with it, you know. So uh, yeah, uh, it's just it's, it's just take everything with a grain of salt. That's on Twitter, okay? It's good for news, but sometimes just don't pay attention to the comment section. I gotta say, a lot of times, unless I'm like looking for something, it's got to the point now where I go post my stuff on social media, and unless someone like tags me on something. And wants me to look, and it's mostly kids that will tag me with their highlights or whatever, which is great. I'm glad they do that. And then I'll I'll retweet some of them. I'll I'll look at stuff kids say, and you know, because the kids have more good stuff to say than the adults. Because the adults I have problems with. I mean, I you know, I'm not gonna go to you know. I want them to keep listening to Dattitude, so I'm I'm not gonna say too too much about them. But uh, you know, some of the things you read and see these days, it's like. I'm just glad they didn't have this around probably when I was in my 20s because I probably would have said a lot of dumb stuff too. Yeah, social media is a dark and scary place sometimes. Uh, everybody's got a camera phone. Nothing's private anymore. So, uh, But I will say this. It, it's good to keep up with recruiting. It's good to keep up with your teams, the, the Saints, LSU, Tulane. Um, thank goodness, and, and I don't want to get into this conversation, but thank goodness – uh, we're not going to talk Pelicans today because that's just like an absolute dumpster fire. Um, um, I, I, well, I told Wong that I guaranteed that Santa was going to come to New Orleans before Zion returned to the uh, Pelicans, and I knew I was so wrong before I said it. And I, I, you know, I, I just I don't know if he's ever going to suit up again. So, Garland, 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 the Easter Bunny is coming to New Orleans before Zion. <laughs> <laughs> and so is Rex. It, it look, Re, well, uh, uh, Rex definitely uh, Easter Bunny. Uh, uh, <laughs> Uncle you know, Sam uh, for the Fourth of July. I mean, wait, go. You keep going. I mean, Santa yeah, might come twice would, before Zion comes. Yeah, you would that uh, that that he returns before people are putting jack o' lanterns outside their houses come <laughs> October. Okay, that's when you. That, for his return for the beginning of the 21-22 season, uh, when they have a they have a top five pick on their roster, uh, yeah, it, that, that that's an absolute mess that team, which is which is sad because we're we're getting to the point where football is winding down, and you want you know you want to move on to some other things and focus on, and uh, we're gonna have to probably go to Baton Rouge, the LSU Fighting Tigers, and Will Wade, and Kim Mulkey is doing really good things with the uh, Lady Tigers, so. Uh, that's going to be something we're going to focus on because the Pelicans are, are just not going to be there uh, come playoff time. Uh, they're just trying to stay afloat. Yeah, when well, you talk about jack-o'-lantern, Zion kind of looks like a pumpkin anyway, so there you go. Uh, uh, um, not going Ah, uh, you don't have to say it. I can say it. Garland Gillen here on the Datitude Podcast. Lastly, before we let you go, uh, tell everybody about what's going on. Uh, like we said, you got you guys got a lot of recruiting stuff uh, this week, which is great. And really, I think y'all do a great, a phenomenal job with all that stuff. Especially, I know that's something that you really take pride in, and it's kind of your baby. Uh, but just talk about all the things going on this week on Fox Eight and on on the podcast. 
Yeah, so Fox 8 Football Friday wrapped up another season uh, in the Dome. We had some great games. Um, I, actually, I, I just I, I had a heartbreak for not only Warren Easton losing by an extra point, but uh, Frank, uh, I mean, uh, Hank Tierney, I really wanted to see him go out on top. Uh, I asked him after the game, if you go on my Twitter page, you can uh, you can actually see the soundbite. I asked Frank, I'm uh, sorry, Hank, uh, if this was going to be the end of the line for him. It appears that's going to be the case, that Hank Tierney is going to retire. Now, he did say that he's going to talk to his wife uh, and confer, confer with her, but it, we thought for years like he wanted to see Jacoby Matthews and, and those guys finish their senior year. So I hate to see Hank not go out on top. But uh, that, So the prep football season's over with. We're going to go into recruiting. Uh, LSU, I'm going to be in Houston, so I'm getting ready for you know the Texas Bowl. The preparations continue for that. And then the Saints, we've got four games left. So we're going to talk about that on overtime on Tuesday nights at 10.35. And, you know, and then final plays on Sunday night at 10.30, we wrap it all up. So I'm going to have a full recap of, of early signing day on, on the final play on Sunday night. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we still got a lot going on. The, good thing is, the main thing, Jim, I like about recruiting in, in college football is that it goes year-round. Okay, We're always talking college football and recruiting, so it never stops. That's the same way with the NFL. With the offseason and uh, free agency, NFL is also 24-7. So it's always there for you. That's why I enjoy this kind of stuff. Garland Gillen, we will be watching and listening for sure on Fox 8. Um, you know, you guys got a great staff over there. Give, give, give those your three cohorts a little kick in the pants for me. Uh, Wonk and Cage, Sean Fazan and Chris Hagan, uh, I mean, it's a dream staff. I've, I've been at Fox 8 for nine years. Uh, I cannot forget Vasilius, our producer, and Edwin Good, our photographer. So we have a six-man staff. Uh, keep, it keeps me on my toes, that crew. There's always something going on. Sean and Edwin are uh, we're in New York. They're flying back today. And tonight at 1035, Deuce McAllister, Wonk and Cage, and Sean Fazan will recap the uh, St. Jets game on the Black and Gold Review. So, uh it's Saints nonstop right now. So if you're, if you're hungry for black and gold information or purple and gold information, you can come to us. We'll be watching. Thank you for, for coming on, and we will talk to you soon. All right. Thank you, Jim. So check out all the things that uh, they got going on at Fox 8 this week. Should be interesting. Uh, it's going to be a big day for LSU on Wednesday. See how many of those guys they can flip. There's going to be a couple guys that, you don't expect, I think. So, again, so far, you got to like what Brian Kelly's done. Pelicans, oof. we'll save them for January. I'm not going to harp on them anymore. I'm going to leave Zion alone. I'm going to leave David Griffin alone for now. Today's a positive day, right, for the most part. Saints won again for the first time in a month. Yeah. Um, a couple notes before I go off the air today. Um, I was, you know, for those of you who don't watch a lot of news, I don't know how you would miss this, but um, my heart goes out for the people of Kentucky and Illinois and Arkansas and people who lost their lives this week and... Um, in just horrible weather and the worst tornado that Kentucky's ever seen. I mean, it's super rare, <clears throat> super rare for there to be a tornado this time of year, uh, that, that bad. Anyway, you don't 
have big tornadoes often in December. But um, Kentuckians are uh, suffering today and uh, this weekend and will be for the near future. And seeing the devastation there kind of brought home Ida and Katrina and memories of all that. And then I looked at it and you know what? It was worse. So those of you who lived through those storms and are still dealing with it, and uh, we talked to Wayne Stein last week of St. Charles um, Catholic School, won the state championship in Division Three, and um, the only local state champion, I believe. Uh, a meet one and uh, this weekend in Class Three A, right? Three A. Um, or 2A. 2A, they, they'd beat Manny. Um, so if you call a meet local, a meet and St. Charles are the only two that won. And we, we listened to what Wayne Stein talked about and what his players were going through months later, still going through. And so watching the people in Kentucky and seeing those houses destroyed and people going through the Rubble trying to find pictures of loved ones or important papers or whatever through a mountain of sticks. Your heart can only go out for them, and we send prayers to those people and to the families of those who lost loved ones. Every time you see something like that, it, brings, it stirs up a lot of emotions and a lot of memories. And um, we think about how lucky we are to still be here and talking about football. Because we are lucky. No matter what you're going through in life right now, um, we're lucky that, we could, that we're still here to talk about it. And um, when you hug your, your kid or your wife or your husband or your mama or your daddy or whoever, they're still here. And so are you. And so when you... Sometimes it brings a natural disaster to make you think about those things. And as we approach the holidays um, and Christmas, it, it means even more. And I don't know what I would do without my family, and I know you probably feel the same way. So give a little prayer tonight when you go to sleep for the people of Kentucky and Illinois and Arkansas as well, and pray that they can get through these tough times. And finally... Um, it is, uh, you know, we talked about this casino proposition in, in Slidell, and obviously it failed. And um, it just goes to show what the power of money can do and to sway minds to make them think irrational thoughts. There's no other way to put it. And I guess there's no other way for me to sound, but to sound a little bitter. But um, the people that voted no, the ones that I talked to, including close friends, you have no idea. <laughs> you, you have no real idea why you voted no. The, the ideas that you say you voted no, they came straight off the advertising from all that money. All that money that piled in from Mississippi and from other places that I'm not going to get into in this show. 
But I want you to think about your vote when you see what goes there later. What will it be? I don't know. We'll see. But remember, when you you St. Tamian, St. Tamianites or St. Tamianins or however you want to put it, residents of St. Tammany Parish, when you think about why you voted no, and you voted no because of what you saw in those ads and the power of money and where that money came from, and guess what? The million dollars or the $2 million that Mississippi spent when the campaign for St. Tammany residents to vote no, guess how much they make? A lot more than a million or two. That was a little pocket change for them to keep all the tax revenue and to keep all the people to drive right past Slidell on I-10 East and right into Mississippi. And all those politicians that were getting you to vote no, Let's just see where names appear later on when something goes into that spot. Let's keep an eye on that. That's all I ask. That is going to do it for episode 34. I want to thank Garland Gillen for coming on. Uh, again, always fun. And um, my cohorts at bet.nola.com, Zach Ewing, Devin Jackson, Spencer the Guru, Urquhart. We've got shows, three shows a week. On bet.nola.com later today on Monday, Tuesday Fantasy Roundup, and then Thursday we'll preview the week to come. I'm not going to say who, but some certain podcast host is 7-0 and at the moment in his picks against Cash and in with Carville and is about to take the lead from one Jeff Duncan. I don't want to say who that is, but, you know... I'll go ahead and jinx it. I don't care. If I go 7-1, I go 7-1. Let's just say if the Rams cover the spread tonight, some podcast host went 8-0. Some podcast host is 9-4 and in his NFL picks this week against the spread. Could go 10-4. and I'm not going to say who that is, but you people can figure it out. So maybe you might want to watch that show later on this afternoon and then on Thursday because... Some podcast host likes to gloat when he gets it right because, frankly, it's been a very mediocre year. And when I get a chance to have fun, I'm going to have fun. So let's have more fun on Wednesday, boys and girls. I'm not sure who the guest is going to be, but we are certainly going to talk Preview Saints Bucks. We're going to talk a little bit about that. But we're going to get into, we are going to have National Signing Day, early National Signing Day. We are going to talk about that as well. We will uh, figure out who our guest is tomorrow, and we will let you know. But one thing for sure is we're going to have fun, and we're not going to go pound on anybody on social media. Have fun with it, boys and girls. We'll see you on Wednesday. Peace and love, my friends.